When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Kia and the all-new Kia Sorento large SUV. It's certainly a vehicle you should check out. Well, it's all about tennis now, isn't it? The Australian Open draw was conducted earlier today. It all cranks up at Melbourne Park on Monday, and we're so looking forward to it. One of the major sporting events every year on the Australian sporting calendar. And to discuss exactly how it's all likely to shape up after the draw today is Val Febo, who is from the Breakpoint podcast and also a commentator come journalist with the first serve here on SEN. Thanks for joining us, Val. No problems, Peter. How are you? Very well. The draw was conducted today, and we always thought that Isla Tomlanovic, because she wasn't seated, was going to maybe uh, be in for a rough ride. And that certainly has played out, hasn't it? Yes, yeah, certainly. It's, uh, it's, it's always hard when you're not seated at a Grand Slam. And for poor Isla, she's drawn Nadia Podoroska in the first round, which on a hard court she should be able to account for making the US Open quarterfinals last year. She's in pretty good form. Um, Podoroska, former semifinalist at the French Open in 2020. But the second round is not easy at all because it'll either be, should she get through Potter Oscar, Sophia Cannon, the 2020 champion, or Victoria Azarenka, the 24th seed and 2012 and 13 champions. So uh, it's not going to be easy for Isla, but it's a draw that she could possibly get through. And I wouldn't be surprised to see her get through, but then third round, well, reigning semi-finalist Madison Keys is in that little section as well. So not an easy one for Isla. It's interesting when you talk about Azarenka and Kennan. They're the only two active women's champions in the draw because there has been a seismic shift, hasn't there, in recent times with the retirement of supposedly Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka, of course, pulling out as well now that we find out she's expecting. Well, a lot of the actual... Uh, I saw a tweet today, I think, uh, the last... Uh, five or six Australian Open champions, all of them have something to do with a baby at the moment. Angelique Kerber, the 2016 champion, she's out uh, pregnant at the moment. Uh, 2017, Serena, she won while pregnant. 2018, uh, Caroline Wozniacki has just welcomed her second baby uh, into the world. And, um, yeah, so it just continues on and on. And, uh, yeah, 19 and 21, Naomi Osaka, um, she's, yeah, pulled out, as you said, with um, with an incoming baby. So really interesting. Um, and, yeah, that Azarenka and Kennedy are the only two former champions left in the draw, which is just absolutely bizarre. But, um, yeah, both of those two, um, I'm, I'm not really sure where to go w- with that match. Azarenka's played okay in her two tournaments in Adelaide so far, and some, um, Sophia Kennan playing in uh, in Hobart at the moment. But Kennan, um, bit inconsistent at the present, um, had a couple of injury problems since her uh, since the 2020 French Open final, um, which she made. Um, yeah, I- I'm really not sure what to expect um, with that matchup, but. Yeah, really, really interesting. That's probably the best first-round matchup that we have. Mm. I know some big names won't be there, as we know, and we don't know how Rafael Nadal's going to go. And we'll talk about the men's draw in just a moment. But I tell you what's going to be a nice little sidelight to the Australian Open is the Czech sisters. 
both teenagers. The Czech wonder kid, Brendan Fruvatova. Uh, she's qualified for the Australian Open, going through qualies today. She's only 15, as I mentioned, and she joins her sister, who's 17 years of age, Linda. So that's going to be a, a nice little sidelight, if you can term it that way, to the Australian Open this year. Yeah, it certainly is, and it's nice when you have those um, when you have those stories of the siblings, and obviously we've had one of the best. Um, sibling rivalries in sporting history with the Williams sisters and what they've been able to do on the big stage. They've met in countless Grand Slam finals um, over, you know, across three different decades, the 90s, the the 2000s um, and the 2010s. So, yeah, I think we're really lucky in tennis that you can have that sibling rivalry um, at the the biggest stage. And obviously it is in the genes with with the sisters and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do at 15 years of age. It is such a wonderful story to see um, to see you get through to a Grand Slam, and you know, it's just it's absolutely unbelievable. Let's have a look at Nick Kyrgios. Uh, how did he come out of the men's side of the draw, and of course, Alex Dimonor as well. Yeah, so Nick Kyrgios is actually drawn. It's a pretty difficult section. I'm not going to lie for Nick. Um, he's drawn Roman Safiulin in the opening round. So he's a Russian guy. If you haven't heard of him, go back and watch some of the highlights from the 2021 or 2022, sorry, ATP Cup, because he was in scintillating form, pretty much single-handedly got Russia to the final with Daniel Medvedev uh, last year. But then second round, Ugo Umber or Richard Gasquet. Now we know Kyrgios and Gasquet have had their epic encounters over the years. Gasquet, a lot older. Probably not going to get through that match, but Ugo Mbeer, Nick Kyrgios in 2021, if you look at what they were, they did in Grand Slams, well, they both, uh, both of them play, or played two matches, uh, Australian Open and Wimbledon. Both of them went to five sets. So if that is the second round matchup, that's unbelievable. Then the third round, unfortunately for Nick, he's drawn uh, Holger Rune, prob- or probably anyway, or Maxime Cressy. Cressy made the fourth round last year at the AO, but Holger Rune has stormed into the top 10. The Dane beat Novak Djokovic in the Paris final just two months ago, so he's in really good form himself. And then the fourth round could be Andre Rublev or Dominic Team. I doubt it's going to be Dominic Team just with how things have been going for him on the comeback from injury. Rublev not in the greatest of form, but I still think Holger Runa is the big challenge in that section for Nick Kyrgios. Alex Dimonor hasn't had the worst draw, but uh, so he'll play a qualifier or a lucky loser in the opening round. And then John Isner or Adrian Manorino in the second. And Isner and Manorino have been around for a very long time. And look, I, I, I think Demonor with his legs should be able to get through that one. He's such a good returner. So if he plays Isner, I've got no doubts that he'll get through that match. Third round, Pablo Carreño Busta. Now he's in really good form at the moment. He won the since uh, the um, Canadian Masters 1000 uh, tournament last year. So he's in ripping form himself. But then round four, well, Novak Djokovic and... To be honest, I don't think many people are going to be beating Novak at this Australian Open. And um, it's one of the toughest tasks in tennis to beat Novak here in Australia. Hasn't lost in five years um, in this country. So it's uh, it's going to be tough. So a bit of a worrying draw for Demonor there should he get through to the fourth round. I've always been a huge fan of Rafael Nadal. And every Grand Slam tournament that I can remember, he's always gone deep into the tournament. Now... He's having a bit of a tough time at the moment. He's lost six of his last seven matches. The only victory, I believe, was since the US Open was in August, a dead rubber against Casper Root in the ATP Finals. I see he takes on the British world number 40, Jack Draper, in the opening round. Could we see possibly 
like we've never seen before, an early exit for the great Spaniard? Well, he hasn't been out early in a Grand Slam for a long time. There are a couple of Wimbledons where he fell very early, um, in 2012 and 13, when Lucas Rossol got him in the second round in 2012 and Steve Darcy got him in 2013. And then um, also Fernando Vadasco, last time he lost so early here was in 2016 in a five-setter to his fellow Spaniard. But it could very well happen again. Jack Draper is in phenomenal form. He's playing some great tennis. Dispatch Karen Kashinov in Adelaide today. Um, Kashinov, not in bad form himself, made the US Open semifinals at the most recent Grand Slam. The only thing is, if he continues to go deep in, uh, in Adelaide, will he be cooked by the time he gets to Melbourne? Because this is the problem we see. Often players will win the lead-in tournament the week before a Grand Slam, and then when the Grand Slam comes around... They've run out of gas. So it's an interesting notion there. But, um, yeah, Nadal, this is a nightmare draw for him because Draper could very well come out and beat him. You said he's 0-2, and two, 6 out of his last 7 he's lost. It's only the second time in his career, career since 2003-04 that he's actually had or been in this position where he's lost that sheer volume of matches. So it's, it's really, really peculiar for Nadal to be finding himself in this position, yet he's still the number one seed for this major. So he'll have Daniel Medvedev projected in the quarterfinals, which is tough. An informed Stefano Tsitsipas projected for his semifinal. But then before that, Francis Tiafo, who's informed and actually beat him at the US Open last year. So this is really interesting to see how Rafa gets through this. Hasn't been 100% fit, has lost his first two matches of the year from a setup. And you're right, his, his win did come over Kasper Ruud. But Rude is a player that he matches up with very, very well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where I sit on Rafa. I don't, I'm actually going to make the call that I don't think he's getting to the quarterfinals here. Mm, Val Febo, uh, it's been great chatting to you. I must finish with a man that was always in the news this time last year, and he's still in the news in some ways as he heads uh, into the Australian Open. We're talking about Novak Djokovic. Uh, there were some injury concerns. He seems to be okay. It looks like he'll take his place at Melbourne Park. Uh, how do you see the path for the Serb? Uh, the path, it's, look, to put things candidly, I, I think he's going to win it. I, I can't see anybody getting past him. I think he finished the year while he was world number five and while he is world number five, I think he finished the year as the best player in the world. He won in Tel Aviv. He won in Astana. He lost a very tight match in the final of the Paris Masters, and then he won the ATP Finals. And then backing up again this year, he's already won in Adelaide with an epic win over Seb Quarter when he wasn't playing his best, but he still found a way to get the job done. He just doesn't lose at Melbourne Park, and if he manages to get a deep run, it's going to be very, very hard to get over the top of him. And you look at his draw, he's got Pablo Carreño Busta, who actually has beaten him a few times in some big matches one of those was, of course, the uh, lineswoman gate when Djokovic hit the ball back towards the uh, the lineswoman and got her in the throat. So that was the US Open in 2020 when he got disqualified. Um, they're, they're on track to meet in the fourth round unless Alex Dimonor can beat Karenia Busta should they play. Grigor Dimitrov in that side of the draw as well, but I think Djokovic should be able to account for him. And then Andre Rublev uh, or Nick Kyrgios or Holger Runa in the... Um, in the quarterfinals. So that, it's really interesting for Djokovic. I'm not really sure what we're going to see. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I do think he's going to be the one to beat. And it's just going to be so hard to come over the top of him. He, he's mentally so strong and so complete. 
So, yeah, Novak Djokovic, I think, is the one to beat on the men's side. And uh, no doubt, Igor Fajtek uh, would be the red-hot favourite on the women's side. Yeah, 100%. Even though she did have a big loss in uh, in Sydney in the United Cup, Jessica Pagula absolutely dispatched her. She made the semifinals at the AO last year and finished the year so strongly, won two slams at the French and uh, and the US Open after well, in the aftermath of Ash Barty retiring in the world, sort of wondering who was going to take the mantle. Well, she took it and ran. She's miles ahead of the rest of the pack. And, yeah, mentally, she's so switched on. And, yeah, I think Igor Fiontek is the favourite, although the women's... Uh, the women's side of things, you never really know. You could throw a blanket over 30 of them, and all 30 of them could come out with the win. Good on you, Val. Very comprehensive, mate. We appreciate your time here on Sports Day. Check out the Breakpoint podcast, and, of course, you can cal, uh, catch Val's work on the first serve as well. Thanks for your time. Enjoy the Australian Open. No worries, Peter. You too. Val Febo, that is very comprehensive. Gives you a great snapshot on uh, the Australian Open after the draw for the first Grand Slam of the year was conducted earlier today in Melbourne. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more Sports Day on this Thursday with Peter Vlahos. It's great to have your company.